Hello and welcome to this month's episode of Curious with Caitlin. It's been a little while. I'm releasing this episode a lot later than I usually do, and that's because I have been taking some time to adjust to the school year. I'm a senior now, and I'm doing all of my schoolwork completely remotely, so it's definitely been a big change, but I'm getting the hang of it, and I'm back and better than ever. And my guest today plans to give a voice to students like me who are going through this, a voice on a district level, and he plans to give a voice to everyone else in the Campbell Union High School District, or CUHSD, as well. So welcome to the show, Basil Saleh. I have to say, I was starstruck when you said that you listened to the podcast Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm a media studies major, so I I had to listen to it, right? That's really cool. That's what I plan to go into as well. So for those of you who don't know Basil, he has been a part of the Campbell Union High School District for a long time now. He graduated from Branham, and ever since then, he's just contributed so much And right now he is running for the CUHSD school board, a position on that. So Basil, would you mind just giving some background about yourself and the position you're running for, as well as why you're running? Totally. Yeah, so um, I I, uh, never uh, really intended to to revisit my high school years after I finished. but I found myself in my last year of college uh, really reflecting on uh, the path that uh, myself and, and my, my peers were set up on uh, when a friend of mine from high school, uh, I found out that they had been uh, incarcerated. Uh, so I, I was really mobilized and catalyzed by that uh, to sort of look at uh, how I had been set up, uh, you know, for a, a fairly uh, successful path um, where I was finishing up with college. Um, and as I later found out, you know, I had made my way through high school and through college with undiagnosed ADHD and anxiety and depression. And uh, this friend of mine uh, had sort of, you know, uh, been fed into the school to prison pipeline. So that motivated my uh, original run for Campbell Union High School District in 2018. Uh, it was at large, meaning um, the entire CUHSD was, was my uh, voting constituency. Um, I came in uh, fourth place out of, out of four uh, out of four um, candidates for three open seats uh, with just over 20,000 votes. Um, And I, you know, funnily enough, uh, about a year or sort of right after that election, they found out that the district was uh, in violation of uh, the California Voting Rights Act. Oh, wow, Uh, really? Racially gerrymandered, yeah. Yeah, we're learning about that that gov right now. We're learning about that AP gov about gerrymandering and all of the regulations on it. So I never would have thought that our community would be subject to that. That's crazy. Well, 
you know, it's it's really it's interesting, right? Because even the trustee area that I'm I'm running in now, um, you know, you could very easily make an argument that that is gerrymandered as well. You can look at the shape alone and kind of see see something. Does weird it look Does it, right? it look kind of crazy on paper? Oh yeah, it, it, <laughs> it looks uh, it looks very strange. Um, and you know, the trustees themselves, the school board, uh, voted on uh, the trustee areas that they're going to be running in. Um, so you know, that's uh, <laughs> also. Uh, very akin to gerrymandering. I had no idea about any of this. That's why I love doing the show is because I'll talk to somebody thinking that I know a lot about the subject because I've done my research, but just every, every time new things like this pop up. Totally, totally. You know, it's, there's no, um, there's no way to truly be prepared for, uh, the world of politics other than, uh, you know, trial and error. Well, so you ran back in 2018, and I can already tell just by what you've said already that this seems like it's going to be totally different for you because you seem much more confident and experienced. And your platform, as I'm looking at it, it's very well-rounded, and it touches on a lot of points, especially a lot of current points about inequality and COVID. So could you just talk more about your platform? Totally. Well, you know, there's first and foremost, a few things that I I just want to acknowledge. The first is that because of COVID, I really, you know, have not uh, uh, been able to do uh, the, the, the workshopping, the priority workshopping, that I'm so used to doing uh, at my job. I'm, I'm a community relations aide for, for the county supervisor. So you know, I really work with uh, the community for Santa Clara County District 4 uh, and gather their priorities and work to turn that into policy. That being said, um, you know, given uh, the inability to um, meet with people face to face, um, I, I did my best to put together a platform that I felt really reflected the needs of the community and, and did my best to tailor that to any feedback I got, uh, tried to, you know, have these limited interactions with students and parents and, and teachers, uh, digitally, uh, over this, this year and, you know, uh, take their input and, and, and sort of synthesize that into my platform. Yeah, like your online forums that you've held, I attended one of those. Totally, totally. And, you know, from that, uh, I have sort of honed my focus from something that was a bit more uh, broad into uh, mental health as my core issue because that really does touch upon everything, even equity. Um, and it's something that I'm extremely confident that I can move the dial on, uh, within a a two year time span. So, you know, this is, this is my, my core message. This is something that I have a very, uh, a very, you know, bold and different vision for than, than what the 
district currently provides. Um, and it's something that I would like to engage the community uh, in discourse on um, because I feel like a lot of people, pretty much everybody can point to an experience personally or within their, their uh, community circle of experiences with, uh, with mental health. And I also just want to acknowledge, lastly, that, you know, the goal of a campaign, uh, you know, is always to get the votes you need uh, to succeed and get the seat so that you can, you know, make the change that the, the, the community needs you to make, right? Um, and it's, that's a, that's a big weight. That's, a, that's heavy. It took me a really long time to even, you know, decide to run again because, uh, you know, there's no, there would have been no one else challenging a board member for a seat. Uh, otherwise, you know, so there wouldn't have been any change otherwise or opportunity for it. But still, uh, you know, knowing that the, the wellness, uh, the livelihoods uh, and, you know, the hopes uh, of so many people, thousands and thousands of people, you know, depend on your ability to uh, basically uh, sell yourself uh, to uh, voters. Uh, that's extremely daunting, and that's something I don't take very lightly. Um, and you know, within that, I, I, I do acknowledge that even though this trustee area that I'm running in has uh, sort of the highest population of uh, voters of color, it's still a very small population relative to the overall population. And, um, you know, I, I have not felt as comfortable as, as white candidates have leaning into uh, equity issues and the plight of minority students and minority community members as my sole issues. I tried that at the beginning of the campaign and uh, I sort of felt like I was struggling to convey that message to a, a, a largely white electorate. And, and not only that, you know, I, it set me sort of up as a target uh, uh, racially for, you know, some lines of attack that people have already tried on me uh, in mm -hmm. 2018. So that being said, I fully intend to step into this board and bring a focus uh, to the plight of uh, students of color and LGBTQ students that has never been see seen before uh, in our district. You've been very transparent about the racial and Islamophobic comments that you have received. I follow your Instagram account and you're very courteous. You always blur out the name, but you are bringing awareness to the types of things that you face in day-to-day -day life that a lot of other people don't usually experience. So how have these experienced shaped your platform and who you are as a candidate? That's a fantastic question. Um, you know, I, I've, I've faced stuff like this uh, pretty much as long as I can remember. Um, but what it has done 
is uh, really made me uh, fully aware that everyone deserves an advocate, right? There are people who are uh, dealing with types of discrimination and struggles that I might not even be able to understand. Um, but just knowing that, you know, there's the potential for somebody to be going through something that I, I don't understand, or, uh, them not having somebody uh, who will stand for them, um, it motivates me, right, to, to, to do better, right, to uh, uh, be more open uh, to actively look for how I can uh, serve others and, you know, not to try to speak for them either, right? Mm -hmm. There are people with uh, experiences that are so different from my own, they deserve the opportunity to speak for themselves. And once they speak for themselves, uh, I'll be a whole hell of a lot better at uh, being able to serve uh, them and advocate for them. So that's really what that whole uh, experience is, uh, has taught me. And, you know, it also sort of, it reinforces that most people, most people are very good. Most people are good, right? They want to do the right thing. They don't believe in, in discrimination. There's just a few people who, who, you know, don't know how to act, right? And they stand out because uh, it's, it's uh, beyond the pale. It's, it's out of the norm. Um, but... I will say that, you know, even though I have gotten a little bit better at weathering this, it still, it still wears on me. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, I kind of, I, I do really appreciate all of the support that I get from the community that helps ground me and remind me that, okay, you know, this, this is not, this is not the entire community. This is not, you know, this is not how things have to be, right? We can, we can, we can change, we can, we can change things. So for those individuals who are being discriminated against, I'm looking at your door hanger here and your slogan is everyone deserves an advocate. So how do you plan to advocate for these people, no matter their background or their ethnicity, their gender? How do you plan to be that advocate and give them a voice? Sure. Um, well, first of all, I think that we need to set up new community infrastructure within the boardroom, right? Uh, a lot of these district decisions uh, that uphold uh, systemic structural uh, racism or, uh, you know, other uh, disparities uh, are just because the community is not engaged uh, in this uh, uh, level of, of, of governance. Um, I want to start by changing the way, you know, we hold our, our board meetings and the way we conduct ourselves as a district uh, so that the voices of marginalized groups are naturally brought to the front. I'll give you an example. There's a lot of community groups that, that represent either members of the LGBT community, uh, trans youth, for example, or 
different ethnic groups, um, uh, different uh, uh, religious minorities. And I think that whenever uh, we have a meeting that, you know, in any way sort of involves uh, uh, members of, of these different communities, we should be doing uh, outreach to different community organizations that can sort of bring uh, wider and, and experienced representation uh, for those groups into the board meetings. And I'll give you an example, right? In CUHSD, uh, about 10% of uh, African-American students are, um, uh, I think they face uh, sus suspension. The suspension rate for African-American students is, is disproportionately high, whereas it's about 3% um, overall, which is still high. But um, we, uh, until we fix this disparity, need to be bringing uh, groups that, that represent African-American youth into the board uh, meetings so that we're bringing that extra level of accountability and visibility to this issue that really, you know, trustees have pretended is not an issue. Um, the fact that there's no community oversight has just sort of uh, allowed them to skate by thinking that they're doing, you know, an awesome job and everything is fine. Uh, and, you know, CUHSD just needs to keep on keeping on, which is deeply, <laughs> deeply offensive. Uh, and alarming and scary because uh, you as a, as a public institution are, are setting up the trajectory of a young person's life. Why would you not want to uh, make sure that that was uh, done as equitably as possible? Definitely. Right? You talk, you've talked a lot about how the education system is linked very closely to the prison system. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, the, the DA uh, has actually moved out of some neighborhoods and uh, into the schools to, to look at, at, at things like um, uh, truancies, right? Um, and, you know, from my experience uh, in a lot of gang-impacted neighborhoods and working with neighbors there, uh, the folks who are... Uh, you know, uh, getting involved in these these uh, fatal altercations. They're not uh, they're not uh, older adults. They are between the ages of fifteen and and, and twenty two. Um, so, you know, at least in my perspective, if if we're going to do anything uh, about um, you know, changing the role of policing in our society and uh, minimizing uh, incarceration, we really do have to start here at the high school level because there's so much more we can do uh, to see that something never gets to the point of a suspension. There's so many resources that we can bring in uh, before that even becomes an issue. And there's so many conversations that we can have before that becomes an issue. And, you know, with CUHSD, I see this as a huge opportunity because 
we only have six schools, right? So, so if you really wanted, you could invest in every single student that has demonstrated this, uh, you know, uh, problematic behavior seems to be uh, on this path because we have the capacity, we have the man hours to be able to give them the one-on-one -on -one support that they need to, uh, you know, be, be, be set on uh, a brighter, brighter path. I'm shocked that nothing is taking place right now to improve this issue. Yeah, um, you know, I, I think that the issue is that, you know, district leadership just does, does not see it as an issue. Um, well, thank you for bringing it to the forefront. Sure, sure. Yeah. I, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of teachers uh, who have done a lot of, of work to try to elevate all of these equity issues and really carry that torch uh, over the years and, and, you know, without, without them and without this, these community members, you know, um, I would not be able to sort of, uh, come in and, and try to work as the, as the partner, um, that, that I'm trying to become right now. All right. So looking into the future, what is the one thing that you want to have accomplished for sure? And what will people remember you for? Gotcha. Yeah, completely changing the way we approach uh, mental health and mental health services within our school district. Um, I have a, a comprehensive plan uh, for uh, how we can step up our services, um, starting by bringing them in-house and actually hiring certified mental health care professionals. We have the money to do this right now, so it's not it's not a budget issue. It's uh, it's a it's a matter of, of perspective and priority, and I think that a priority is bringing certified, unionized mental health care professionals. I agree, one hundred percent. Every campus, right? And not only that, pre-scheduling uh, counseling meetings for every single student. So. I, you know, having dealt with, and you know, not dealt, you know, <laughs> living with depression and anxiety and all these other issues. When I was in high school, even if I know I was, even if I knew I was dealing with this, I would have never voluntarily signed up for <laughs> therapy or counseling. So knowing that, I would like to take that responsibility off of students' shoulders and just do it automatically. And that will set every student up with one hour monthly that they can either use to get services that they really need, learn about what's being provided, or, you know, if they don't want to engage, just get general life counseling on how to set up healthy habits or uh, deal with, you know, the stresses of, of school or, uh, you know, really get in touch with uh, how they feel about you know, their trajectory and their path and their relationships and all these other things. There's a ton of benefit that can come out of this. And you know, there's a lot of funding from the state and county level that we're leaving on the table. And, you know, we can have a sustained uh, 
infrastructure that prioritizes mental health and wellness in every aspect of the school experience to where these professionals are collaborating with our admin and collaborating with our teachers so that they know, okay, well, students right now really seem to be struggling with too much work to where they're spending their Wednesday day off doing homework instead of checking in on themselves, right? So maybe we shouldn't uh, be assigning so much. Maybe we should coordinate so that this workload is is manageable and uh, students really are spending a little bit of uh, time uh, for themselves, you know. Yeah, thank you for saying that, for sure. Definitely. Mitigating stress, right? Yeah. Um, I'm like buried I'm buried in homework right now. As soon as I'm done as soon as we're done with this, I have to dive into some note taking. So (laughs) Well, good luck with that. Thank you. Yeah. Well, so early voting has already began, but election day is officially November third. So for those of you in the Campbell Union High School district who can, please go out and vote. Basil, is there anything else that you would like to add? Uh, I would appreciate any support and help getting the word out that you can provide. Um, I really look forward to uh, working with and, and meeting uh, all of you in the near future. And uh, I really hope for the opportunity to be able to, to serve on the board and uh really help our community in in this way. And thanks so much, Caitlin. Thank you so much, Basil. It's been a really amazing show. And I hope that you have all enjoyed it. And remember to stay curious.